Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Uh, today, we're talking to Kat Speranza about her band Cat SFX, which is kind of like a revival of 90s grunge, industrial and punk, um, souped up for the next generation. We chat about the new music she's releasing, her work with uh, music exec Alan McGee, and of course, about her musical influences and her musical history. I uh, hope everyone's well. Check out the band, of course, and thanks, everyone, for listening. Take care. How are you doing? Thanks I'm for good. Me. I'm good. <laughs> just fed up with lockdown now you know and i know god yeah but we did yeah. a, a shoot yesterday for the front cover of the next single and um it was just really good to just see people and be out and uh yeah <laughs> yeah nice well yeah i i suppose we should get pandemic talk out of the way just briefly you know first yeah. <laughs> we can just have a little like chat about you know like um like i mean obviously you said you're sick of it i know we all are but like um how, how have you been spending it? What have you been up to? You know, have, have you found any positives at all? Like, yeah, you know, maybe <laughs> come out of it. <laughs> I, I, any silver linings, I should say. Yeah. Um, I don't <laughs> found any silver linings, to be honest. I think I yeah. found it uh, very, 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 very hard just because, you know, missing human contact and, and you know, not seeing, be able to see my friends and, um, it, yeah, right. I suppose I started drawing again, which I haven't done oh, in right. years. So, so that was quite good and you know just practicing guitar and I guess I, I'm writing a lot so but I, I, I'm i going to be very happy when it ends yeah yeah like obviously you'll know like as a as a musician just not to have that live scene it's just like such a killer like it's just <laughs> and the yeah. whole band is like you know we had so many things booked before it happened you can't promote your singles you know it's you, you, I just miss live music, you know, when you think of how many gigs you go to and just socialising and everything else. And that's that's when that's just taken away and the whole industry is like, oh, my God, what are we going to do now? You know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Obligatory pandemic chat out of the way. <laughs> Let's ignore it. Let's just bury our heads in the sand for the rest of it. That's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm so talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, me too. All right. Um, well, first of all, thanks once again for um, joining us today. Thanks for giving up your time to come and chat to us. Um, you said you were doing a, a shoot yesterday. Yeah. Um, and that's for a cover of the single. Um, could you tell us a bit about that? What's what's going on with that? Um, yeah. So the next single is called "All the Money in the World," and. Um, it, we were shooting uh, the cover yesterday uh, with Zoe Law, who's an amazing photographer. And um, so that's going to be coming out in, uh, at, the, in the end of, at the end of May. I haven't got the exact release date yet. Yeah. But um, I, I pers- it's like always been my favourite song that we've got. And so I'm really excited to be, to be releasing it. But the release put back so many times, obviously, because of... Yeah, I say it's been quite sparse because, I mean, you know, just briefly back in my mind, I mean, when Doom Generation came out, I think Faultline, we did, I think I did a review of that and uh, we put that up as like a text form. And then there was um, Reunite was another single that came out, but that, that was also 2020 as well. So yeah. like, yeah, it's been like a steady drip, I suppose, of, of singles <laughs> coming out, um, but that's just the way it has to be sort of. Um, yeah. Anyway, I, I will talk about your um, current stuff a bit later down uh, the line. But to start with, I thought we could go back in time a bit. And I just wanted to get like an idea of kind of you as an artist, you know, your early musical influences, um, you know, and just those early experiences uh, with uh, music, you know. I, I really started getting heavily into music when I was about 14. Um, my 
best friend, her older brother, just uh, he was incredible. And he's played me like Joy Division and Nine Inch Nails and uh, Nirvana. And I was just like, oh, my God, oh, my God, this is like this. I had like a really shitty childhood and it was just really something that I could relate to. Um, and then as, as that's when I decided like 100% I needed to be in a band. And so I, uh, I came to London and I was about 15, 16 and uh, I started a band called The Vincent Fiasco which was like really war punk and uh, we couldn't really play very well, but um, across. And then we ended up opening for Interpol, which was amazing. And, uh, and yeah, so that was, that's, that's kind of like when I started. And then uh, after that, I started songwriting. I got signed to Sony ATV and started writing lyrics for other artists. So that's kind of been my journey so far. Sorry. Uh, well, yeah, when you're 14, 15, kind of early on, those formative years, um, and, it, you know, you were kind of listening to, like, uh, as you said, like Nine Inch Nails, Nirvana, kind of like very... Industri- I, was just, I was just obsessed with with Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> I just... I, yeah. I, like, I really, and then Nirvana, I loved the anger and being able to, you know, it, it really, the, the lyrics really talked to me and it was just a, a, a great way to be able to... Uh, everything that you internalize you know just being able to spat it out basically yeah and that that definitely comes through i think in that first review i just paraphrase myself you know of course uh, my excellent words but uh no it's <laughs> i said something like um it's like a that industrial uh rock for like the the latest generation or you know something like that yeah. and that that does come through in like um your tunes and your music like very very heavily inspired um by those kind of guys we got an idea of kind of what you listened to early on. Um, and you, you said briefly that you kind of um, started those bands and you gave us a brief yeah. rundown of your history there. Um, but but was there was there like a formative moment? Like did something uh, click in your brain when, was it maybe the first time you picked up a guitar or, um, you know, what, what made you want to kind of pursue um, like a, as a career? Like what, what made you think I want to do this? I went to, um, my first gig was the big day out at Milton Keynes Bowl and it was Queens of the Stone Age uh, and uh, Jane's Addiction. Oh my God, so many bands. Yeah. And I remember like just the the energy that came from the stage and and, and I, I don't know, at that moment something just clicked in me and I was like, that's all I ever want to do in my life, you know. It was a... Real moment for me. Yeah, nice, nice. So you mentioned you you went about um, writing for other people as like a lyricist initially. Mm-hmm. Um, so h- how did you find that as an experience? Obviously, because you know when you're writing lyrics, they're like a very, I mean, I guess like all music, it's very personal. But lyrics, especially, because you're kind of putting your really um, hard. Yeah. Um, just because obviously they, you know, with my own, they're so personal. But when you're writing for somebody else, they they'll come to you and tell you you know, their ideas and, and, and kind of like what they want you to, which is, you know, it's great for um, the first, if, if you're working on some particular tracks, that's great. But the kind of mill of being able to go into a studio like some songwriters do, which is great, and just be able every day to turn something out is something I couldn't do. I just, I, I felt like I was being milked like a cow. <laughs> <laughs> And it, after a while, you just start writing absolute shit and you're just like, no, I'm sorry, mate. Like, I can't get any more out right now. Yeah. You ever- yeah, I could imagine your heart could not be in it if you've written No, you like- can't. You've got, to, yeah. you've got to literally, you know, and with me, it's like, okay, I need everything to be really heartfelt. And so it's very hard to write <clears throat> pop lyrics, you know. Yeah, uh- of course, yeah. 
Yeah, we'll we'll come on to the lyrical content as well because obviously that's that's something that's quite prevalent in in the songs that I've heard anyway. It's you know you touch upon those political and kind of social issues um, quite heavily. So you know we talked about some of your previous bands, your earlier earlier work. Mm. So uh, in its current iteration, Cat SFX. So how did um how did that come to be? Like how did you meet the guys in the band? Like what's um, what I was met, the story? I met Gordon uh, Mills Junior, who I write everything with because um we were put together in a writing session actually um and we just completely hit it off and then i you know the same taste in music the same taste in riffs the same taste in everything and i was like oh my god and then we were like let's do let's do a song together and alan mcgee heard it and he was like oh my god i love student generation and um and then so from that minute me and him were just like let's do a whole project um so that's how that came about about a year and a half ago and then when when we are live we have live uh guitarist and and bass and gordon plays drums when we're live because he's just like a complete animal on the drums yeah. <laughs> yeah so are those session guys or do they do they kind of switch when you do live or do you have like um no, a, like got, a four piece that you stick with four piece like yeah. set four. but but principally the writing would come from you and gordon is that correct yeah yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, how do you find that collaborative process? You know, I, I guess if you have a similar taste, you just bounce off each other quite well, I suppose. Um, it's really great because Gordon's just, <laughs> he's kind of like me. He's like a bit ADHD. And when, so when I go, whenever I go in a session with him, we'll swap our ideas and then he will go and like work on the music and I'll be off on the lyrics and the melody. And then we'll just like, together at the end and it's really really great it's just a really great way to work um I've never like not been able to write a song with him uh, yeah so. that's great yeah yeah, that's, yeah. That, I mean yeah that no I mean, you I mean, you take it for granted though I suppose don't you it's great to have like yeah. someone else to who you know can, can work on that same level as you um especially with music you know because yeah. yeah not not everyone sees eye to eye all the time obviously so yeah it's good that you, <laughs> uh yeah um and recently, uh, you've worked. You've had experience working with record labels before, right? Yeah. Uh, with um, uh, as a as a solo artist and as a writer. Um, so you recently signed to uh, Creation Records offshoot. Is it's Creation <laughs> Baby? Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> I don't know why that sounded so weird coming out of my mouth, but anyway, it's, so. sounds weird coming out of anyone's mouth. <laughs> it's Creation Baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure how to say it, but yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway. Maybe we should just call it ICB, ICB yeah. Records. That sounds right. cool, man. Okay, yes. so you signed with ICB Records. How is that? Um, you know, how's that been as an experience? It's great because um, Alan just lets us get on with it, you know, uh, and uh, and I, I like being with an indie because you know I don't want anybody coming in and kind of trying to trying to change what we do you know so and it's like it's really great to have a label boss who's got so much experience in the industry and um and it's still you know at 60 years older punk so yeah <laughs> it's great you know he's it's it's what you can often find with A&R is that you know they 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 don't really know anything about music you know it's just a job um and a business that makes a lot of money but that's why when you've got somebody who's lived and breathed music their whole life it's it's much better because you can they can advise you and you know 
you, you feel like you're in the presence of somebody real, basically. Yeah, no, he sounds like a cool guy to work with. Um, you said, uh, uh, sorry, uh, how did he initially end up picking you up? You might have said. When I was 16, I played Death Disco, which was his night at Notting Hill Arts Club. Oh, okay. Uh, and then when I came, I, then I went to live in Italy for a while. I'm half Italian. And when I came back, I was, um, I had a bit part on his, on the film about him called Creative Stories. Mm. And, um, I was on set and we bumped into each other and uh, and he was like, oh, how are you? I was like, oh, how are you? And then he heard Doom Generation and he was like, I'm going to sign you. And oh, wicked. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it happened like that. <laughs> no, that's sick. That's great, man. Yeah, yeah. Just boom, yeah. straight in. Wicked. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you've obviously had like a, a positive experience with that with that so yeah. far. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, do you have like a, a producer that works with you on that stuff as well, or is it just kind of you and Gordon going Gordon in? Everything. Alan produces everything. No, Gordon. Oh, Gordon. Sorry, sorry. I think that yeah. might cut out. Um, Gordon produces. Okay, yeah, cool. Um, so yeah, well, let's let's talk about that music that you're making now at the moment. Um, yeah, as as we briefly mentioned, you you're very lyrically political and and socially conscious. I would say, um, <laughs> is is that something that you find is is just inherent in your music, or or is did, do you kind of have those views and you want to express them through your music, or are the two like intertwined? You know, um, my big thing is I'm an advocate for mental health because uh, I lost my dad to suicide and I've had. Uh, problems with it myself and known a lot of people who you know are going through a lot especially during sorry to bring it up lockdown there's another there's another pandemic and that's that lots of young people are actually committing suicide which is horrific you know and and I I I, I didn't used to write so I did when I was a kid but then I didn't used to write so much about, you know, the issues affecting me. And then, you know, when I started this project, I was just so pissed off with, with everything that's going on that I, I felt like I was a pot about to boil over. And then I started writing and it just it just came out. So it's, it's just something that's really important to me. And, you know, when you look back at, you know, old school punk, you know, everyone, they had a message. They had something to say. It's like you're not just going on about love or whatever you know yeah and love songs you know that's all good you can say it okay um yeah i mean that's that's so true like we say this all the time like on on this podcast you know we interview people but then we also do like a little thing where a few of the the writers we just chat like shit basically for an hour we just upload it because it's kind of a fun little project for us during the lockdown said it again uh but anyway so one of the things we always talk about is like you know the messages behind music and we talk about like black flag and henry rollins and those guys and how when they were making punk music like it meant something and like you know right so yeah i think that that is like super important yeah and if you have something to say like you you obviously do have something to say right so like say it like don't don't water yourself down um but yeah exactly about lockdown that you just said, you know, there's a game um, going around that, <laughs> like, or radio, whatever, and every time they say lockdown, you have to have a shot. Oh, God, it's a bit early for that, maybe. I don't know. We- <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I was going to say, you'd be quite screwed if you played that game. <laughs> oh, yeah, we would. We would. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so, you know... what. Uh, these lyrics are obviously very personal to issues that you've um, kind of encountered in your life and that you've experienced. Um, do you feel like it, so is it kind of therapy in a way almost? Yeah. Like to, yeah. 
very therapeutic, cathartic, definitely. Uh, yeah, definitely. It's just a real, it's a, it's a way to get it out. But also I'd really like that if anybody was feeling, you know, bad or alienated or whatever, that, that they could find some solace in, in the lyrics and also, you know, that you're not really alone at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if it helps people, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, definitely. I think that that's part of the reason for doing it as well. Like, you know, as you said, yeah, yeah to help other people. Absolutely. Yeah. Are we t- uh, The latest single that came out was Reunite. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah. And obviously very politically charged. Uh, Doom Generation, <laughs> the one before that, you know, we, we know this. So could you speak to us a bit more about the latest uh, upcoming single? It's called All the Money in the World and it's... Uh... Kind of, it was, all of this is kind of like going on in the world and yet you've still got these super rich people who are buying up all the property in London who don't actually live there. And then you've got people who are homeless and they, and people, you know, families who can't put food on the table. And it's just a basic song about the inequality uh, uh and you know carrying on with my previous social commentary i just find it absolutely I, I can't believe that in 2021 now there are still you know people have to visit a food bank uh you know people live on the streets and and then you've got these huge massive empty houses brought up by oligarchs and everything else that just sit there decaying and they don't build more affordable housing. They build more luxury apartments that no one that no one from my generation or whatever will be able to be able to afford to live in. You know, there's just I just feel like Tory Britain is just this playground for the rich without and it's just becoming like real, really Dickensian in, in the in the difference between between rich and poor. Yeah, I like that gap that you well, you just said, you know, the difference is like it's becoming more marked now, especially. Um, it wasn't like that when I was growing up. It wasn't like that. <laughs> yeah, because we always think, you know, in terms of modernity and social change, for example, you know, mm-hmm. there is generally, I would say, more upward social mobility now than, you know, 30 years ago, for example. Yeah. But, you know, when you look at the GDP of like a wealthy country like Britain and then you see the divide between the haves and have-nots, it, it's like bizarre that that GDP could, you know, be as high as that when, when you see the difference between, you know, the the, the rich and the poor, which is... Yeah, astounding, but that <laughs> seems to be the direction that we're moving in, um, yeah. bizarrely. Um, but yeah, uh, until people are held accountable and people pay their taxes, this this is this is going to be going <laughs> on, right? It's just like, oh my God, does my head in. Makes yeah. you really, really angry. Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Save it for the songs, yeah, so I don't mean yeah. to get you angry. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, great. And you said this is, this is hopefully coming out around May? Yeah. May. Yeah, it's definitely, yeah, I think end of May, and then uh, and then we've got some gigs. Touchwood, they go ahead. Oh, um, really? Fantastic! Yeah, because oh, of course, and if people don't know, in Britain, we're moving towards um, July, like May, July, uh, June, coming out of out of lockdown and being able to go places again. So, uh, tell us about the schedule. Like, what's what's going on? Um, we're doing Waterbath on the twenty second with uh, you know Alan McGee does his kind of shows about talking about career and stuff so uh we're gonna uh we're playing that we're opening that and then we are playing at the Amersham Arms in London on the 12th with Cool Hearts Club and then we've got a headline gig 
really uh, great headline gig on the 10th of July to be announced. I'm not allowed to say that. Oh, exciting. <laughs> With an amazing lineup. It's a festival gig. Um, so that's going to be really exciting. Awesome. Nice. If it uh, happens. <laughs> yeah, well, no, uh, yeah, I, I don't want to say it seems real now, but it does kind of seem more real now that these provisional dates are getting trotted out there. So, yeah. Yeah, so <clears throat> we, we've got the live stuff coming up, fingers crossed. Is there going to be any more uh, music apart from the singles? Are you guys looking at um, taking that creativity and putting it into an album at any point? Is that something you've yeah, considered? We're writing an album at the moment, which, uh, fingers crossed, will be out uh January next year. Okay, so yeah, that's you know a little way down the line, but um, I'm guessing you know the the writing process is heavily delayed and slowed down. Um, yeah. But you know that's fair <laughs> enough. Um, but but so speaking to that a little bit, how have you found uh, you know writing an album in this kind of climate? It's you know you take your um, influence you know from outside from what you see and what you do. So when you've got to kind of stay indoors all the time and you just kind of get stuck inside your head a bit which is hard for the writing process you know and so I'd say that that kind of affects me a bit in the way that you know I wish I could be out and you know absorbing and and everything else but uh, apart from that you know um me and Gordon we meet once a week so uh it's kind of it's we always seem to, to to do uh to write something but if if I ever feel, if we ever feel like, you know, we've met that brick wall, you just leave it for a while. Because it's really hard to find also kind of motivation at the moment, I think, because the other one. Yeah, I, I mean, definitely, you know, and you've, you've said that kind of impacts the the, the process a little bit, definitely. Um, but, but for example, like if it was a, let's just say it was like a normal day in like, you know, 2018 or whatever. Um, and you're like, okay, I want to sit down and like write a song. Like what's your like your go-to kind of first thing? Like how would you start that process? I'll usually start by making a note on my phone about a subject or a or a lyric, um, and then I'll take. And then I'll go to the studio and I'll say, "I've got this idea. And this is the lyric or whatever, and and this is the kind of mood." And then you know we'll just start playing and uh, and take it from there. Yeah. Uh, do you branch out? Do you uh, do you play? Um like guitar piano or anything do you get behind the I, drum kit have a little play of that sometimes i play guitar um, yeah, yeah. but uh gordon's multi-instrumental so oh, okay. yeah, yeah cool we, we've we've blasted through a lot of what, what i wanted to ask so yeah <laughs> thank you okay. very much for all your um for your answers and stuff um i mean you know what have you got coming up you know uh, you've got the album in the works you've got the um you got the tour, the uh, the gigs coming up soon. Hopefully, is there anything else yeah. you wanted to you know share with us? Um, upcoming projects that have to not, be musical, musical or non. You know, just I think we covered it all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, we have. That's um, that's great. Yeah. So um, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing for the rest of your day then? Uh, I can take the dogs out. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have four dogs as well, and two of them are downstairs. Yeah. yeah. Two, I've got three labs and a spaniel. So, uh, yeah. My God. <laughs> that must keep you fit. Oh, God, yeah. They, they need walking like three times a day, of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Of my power crosses, they're um, both rescues. Um, I adopted them like three years ago. Um, they're amazing. I mean, I literally would not have been able to do lock, lockdown, uh, say it again, without without. <laughs> It really, you know, they really like change your life. Yeah, I, I will say that, like, obviously, I, I'd much rather 
have the world be normal but spending so much time with the dogs has been like fantastic oh my god you asked me for a silver lining (laughs) yeah (laughs) that that is my silver lining i'm doing this as well like you know i I think we have a very captive audience at the moment which is nice because you know artists and people who wouldn't normally have the time to talk to like little old us you know they can sit down and have a nice chat with us so yeah (laughs) not that i want to keep everyone locked up in a room just so they can come on the podcast but you know it's been it's been pretty useful for that um but anyway yes so sorry kat i will let you go um thank you very much for your time today thanks for having me oh no worries no worries thank you so much for coming on and yeah i hope you get to go on tour i hope you get to make music and i hope we get to come and see you soon so yeah thanks so much thank you very much take care